turns out 10 seconds is still plenty long enough for an awkward silence. So, Yeah, I've been told that as well. Hello and welcome to 3 and 2, a match play Age of Sigmar podcast, where we lose lots of games with what is apparently the second best army in the game, so you don't have to. <laughs> I'm your host Laura, and I'm joined as always by Matthew. Hello. And by Rick. Hello. How are you both? Yeah, bye. Not expecting that question is the answer. <laughs> yeah, well, the podcast cares about my well-being. This is nice. Yeah. Um, I'm less ill than last recording, and hopefully I sound less ill than last recording, so that'll be exciting. I don't remember you sounding ill last recording, but maybe huh. I haven't listened to it back. It was why there was like a two-month gap between that and then me just not editing the podcast for ages. <laughs> it's only a month, I think. Yeah, it's entire yeah, so months late. It's fine. And we've decided that this is going to be our Christmas episode, so that puts pressure on us to turn it around quite quickly, or otherwise you'll be listening so, to Christmas-themed questions in February. Happy 17th of January. See you all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very rude. How are you, Laura? I am. Uh, Ask the return. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Nearly Christmas. Yeah. Um, it's that sort of liminal space where it seems an infinite amount of work time away, but also nowhere near enough time to do all of the non-work things before it happens. So, well, I think I've finished my Christmas shopping, so smug about that. Oh my God. Criminal. Yeah. I've eaten some really, really bad work Christmas do food. Oh, That's nice. It's been my prep for Christmas. To have yeah, the worst meal of my nice... life. Curry, it was pretty good. I'm so jealous of curry. Did you, did you get lamped with the veggie option? By all accounts, the non-veggie option was also barely edible. So, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's not so bad. Probably talk about Warhammer, I guess. Oh, is this not a food podcast? You know, you know, podcasts. People love the bullshit at the start where people just go on about their special interests or. Boring day to day life. But yes, maybe well, we should talk about Warhammer. We're going to keep it on track and talk about what hobby we've been doing. Um, Rich, you have written in the episode plan that you have done loads. So do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I think my comment in the episode plan was somewhat more dramatic than that. But yeah. Um, I didn't want to spoil it. I <laughs> appreciate it. I have mostly been painting Iron Jaws. What a surprise. Um, I think I was doing these last recording as well. In fact, I know it was. I think I had just started the Moor Crusher last recording. Uh, so I finished that. I finished the Moor Crusher. He's cool. Uh, I did three Gore Grunters. I did some other stuff um fuck war chanter war chanter three yeah three brute rages and two war chanters one of which i converted from a brute so i didn't have to have two of the same pose uh and i finished all of these approximately 11 p.m last friday <laughs> what no sorry just over a week ago two fridays ago uh 
ready for an event on Saturday. So I took a fully painted 2000 point Iron Jewels Army to a, a one day tournament, which we'll talk about in a bit. Oh, foreshadowing. What I else? Really good. Your more crusher is great. I love the more crusher. I'm really happy with it. Um, I like it all actually. I'm really pleased. I was putting it all into my cabinet yesterday, just so it lives somewhere for a little while. And I was rather taken with the quality of it. So it's a very smart <laughs> thing to say about your own painting. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I've been told right, that on the last. Nice podcast i was too self-deprecating about my own painting so i reckon it's fine <laughs> yes i just you know um what do they say there's some no the the hip phrase for this has gone out of my head so uh but yeah talk yourself up it's all good uh, so that's i wouldn't say i've finished playing iron jaws now um because I think I need to do some more roots and some more gore grunters probably, and a probably a weird not shaman. Um, I am still, uh, well, again, we'll maybe talk about brotherhood a bit later. Um, you can do in terms of planning, but there's still some hobby planning behind what I actually want to take to that in terms of like which orcs I want to take. So Yeah. You can do um, a second mocker. Definitely not the Brotherhood because I think it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh I might I say I think it's bad. Um <laughs> David, a friend who also took Iron Jaws to the event that I went to, he took um two more crushes that he definitely finished ahead of me. So <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, there was a little break. I have painted a Stormcast person. What were they? A Knight Judicator with the Griffhounds. That's a really cool model. Probably one of my favorite models of that new range or newest bit of the range. Um, that was fun trying out a slightly different Hallowed Knight scheme, just sort of add something to that army every now and then it sits in my cabinet looking shiny <laughs> I think it's seen the tabletop so that's, that's better than some armies I've got at the start of AMS <laughs> yeah. 4 Dumcast might be briefly good again yeah they might be I'm sure there will be a load of new ones so maybe maybe they'll get some attention that is the way and I also painted a um, horrid arch regent, which I found in my cupboard. Um, it As must have do. been there for three years, possibly. No, this is like an alien concept to you, especially Laura. But, um, literally, I moved some soul blight, and there it was. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I painted him up. Stuff in my shame pile that I have had unpainted since June 2022 starting to stress me out a little bit, so I might paint them over Christmas. We'll see. That's a long time for you. It That's is. Mad. I was meant to paint Cool Boys this year, and I painted half the Cool Boys model this year. So that's a resolution that's carried forward. A lot of people feel that way about Cool Boys, though. <laughs> yeah. I think, meanwhile, Matthew and I both have things 
in our shame piles from before any of us met each other. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, yeah he was... I've, got, I've got some metal blood knights I think I bought on eBay in 2019. And um, they're built, and that's as far as I ever got with them. <laughs> and the release of the plastic ones has definitely hastened your desire to do something with them, I'm sure. Uh, no, I've got plastic ones that are unpainted as well. <laughs> are the metal ones no, oh. not out of production and thus you could sell them for those on eBay or something? Maybe. I mean, if I ever get around to actually painting Soulblight, I'd probably use them. They're cool. Mm. They're still good models. You could sell them to some old world freak, probably. It's, um, it's I quite know, I don't know to... if Pete listens. <laughs> He's, uh, I don't think he's much of a podcast head unless it's about like backroom Soviet politics. So, you know, we can inject a bit of that, but we, we might can. lose some of our, our core listenership and we're sorely lacking in numbers of seconds. Um, what else have I done? Yeah, the Arts Regent was fun. I think, I think the scheme I did is roughly more gaunt. I think that's one. I think that that's is a subfaction that exists. Yeah, red hands. Yeah, I'll believe you. <laughs> like white skin and red hands. Um, oh, that's like, the, that... that's like the studio scheme. That's like the um. Oh, bollocks! It might be more. It <laughs> might. It might be more gone. Let's find out. Just Why play. Just whipping the book out. Look at this. Play flick through battle. Yeah, ones. Why not? Cool. I'm trying to work out. Um, I've got the um, Warcry Warband. This is for some like extras to paint. Um, and I want to, although I really like this sort of pale scheme with the bloody hands, I want to try and mix up the skin tones a bit because I really like that the studio have done lots of different skin tones. And I sort of at least feel like if you were subject to the ghoul curse and you were originally sort of like quite dark skinned, you wouldn't look the same as a ghoul as like a pale white horrible ghoul. So I gotta maybe try and do some kind of like maybe like one of the slightly warmer greys, like storm vermin, that kind of color, and then still have the fade to pink on the hands and stuff. To see how that works. Nice. Makes it a bit more visually interesting than it being like a uniform in all but sort of equipment. So we'll see. Are you um, thinking you'll do more after the Warpy Warband, or is this just a little mini project? The intent is there for it to just be a little mini project. However, um, we'll see if Father Christmas brings me the army box or not. Because <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Like, I was very much struggling for things what I want a little bit. So um, the classic, like, send your family a big list of things that you might like for Christmas, I sort of just flung that on there as an option. Um, it would be quite a lavish present, but we'll see. I've already um, ruined my Warhammer Christmas present because it arrived in a big box that said Warhammer, and I thought, that's probably the paints I ordered last week, and opened it, and then went, oh shit, no, it's my wife's Christmas present. Which was not great. 
Oops. I had told her what I wanted, so it wasn't a huge surprise, but I still felt slightly bad. Lumineth Battle Pulse. <laughs> I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't pre guess that. Uh, because you're going to spoil yeah. my Christmas present again. Oh, shit. I guess so. Yeah, because you know what it is. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm just trying to think like what you're up to at the moment. Maybe maybe it's the bias layers. I'm spoiling anyway. Laura, what have you been painting? Because (laughs) you could actually just talk about it rather than me surreptitiously guessing. Um, As always with these, I've forgotten what I painted when we did the last podcast. I think I finished off the Underworld's Warband, the Eidneth Deepkin Underworld, Cyrene Razors, I'm going to say their name is, which is three elves and a squid. Uh, So Mm. they were quite fun. Uh, and then I have, as you just said, painted fast layers. So I painted the Vulcan Flame Seekers, which are the fast layer warband that came out a few months ago and are my new favourite Games Workshop kit. They're just so good. There's eight dwarves cool. and a Magmadroth, a little baby Magmadroth, and they're all amazing. You only get one, one Magmadroth. Yes. But to be honest, I could have had like three or four. I think the Magmadroth model is the least good model in the kit. Like, it's quite cute and it's fun. But the Dwarden are just so much better than the rest of the fast layer range. They've really mm. made me want a range reefer. Because just looking at how much more natural the poses are and how more varied they are than the standard fast layer range, it's, it's just a massive jump for it. And they were really fun to paint. They're not overly detailed either. Like there's a there's sort of two or three like hit a little bit more detail, but the sort of basic, the you know, they haven't got excessive amounts of stuff. Quite quick to do. It's really, really nice. Really fun time. Nice. Yeah, they're really cool. They come out nicely as well. I like that you've. I don't know if this is true of your normal fireslayers as well, but I like that you've used more silver on them and less gold. Right. That is broadly true of most fireslayers. Always mixed up silver. All right. Uh, but I did change the scheme quite significantly. My AOS Fire Slayer army has a lot of and I just did box art pretty much, so they have red cloaks. Yeah. And I've also done way more of an effort on the hair and the beards, just looking a bit more fiery, which makes quite a big difference. I like the fiery beards. Really cool. And yeah, after that, I, I had a couple of Fire Slayer heroes around in my shame pile that I think came with a magma drop that I painted at some point last year so I'm painting them while I've got all the right paints out so I have painted an auric rune smiter and now I am halfway through painting a rune father which are probably my least two favourite fast layer hero kits I think but they're pretty quick if I ever decide to paint all my fast layers in this scheme have those two ready to go I guess are they um, things that will sort of will find a place in the force, do you think? Or is it more just painting them to, to get them done? A rune smiter definitely would. They're, they're the hero that makes things deep strike. They're good. Yes. The rune father on foot at the moment you rarely see because you would just take a rune father on Bagmadroth instead and you don't want to. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just a paint pit. They used to be good back in 
AMS 2. I think I ran a really further one for, at one point, so maybe. Never say never. Was it AOS 1 or was it AOS 2 where there was a point where Fire Slayers had a a rune father based battalion where they could dictate the double turn? I think that was before my time as well. Okay, I think that existed at some point. That might have been Lords of the Lodge back in the day. That that was probably AOS 1. Lords of the Lodge has always been really good, but I think Mm. it's never done that while I've been playing Fire Slayers. they They had some way of. Forcing the priority roll, as did um, <laughs> man, there might have been a way you could do it in a couple of other armies as well at that point, and then they realised that was a Aeon. horrible idea. Archeon does it I now. Can do it in seconds. Yeah. Uh, he still do it. Yeah. Um, it's less like force it, and more yeah. just you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Just get prior knowledge. Yeah. I don't mind that. I don't think I'd like it. If force it. Will be. I don't mind that. I think it but- sucks. But um, yeah, that's uh, just sort of remember too much of my memory of Warhammer now is like, is this something that happened in first edition, or is it like? It doesn't matter. Was this two months ago or yeah, six yeah, yeah. years? None of it's current, so it doesn't matter. Have you done any hobby? Well, I was thinking this podcast called Three and Two because there's three of us and two of us have done any hobby. Um, You've definitely done hobby since last. I have not. I truly haven't. Uh, Have you played any games? Actually, no. I put um, nice. I got put some stormcast on my painting table, and I sprayed some gold, and then I um, thought I can't be bothered, and I put them in a in a box in the cupboard. <laughs> um, wow! <laughs> and then. Uh, I still haven't painted the shark that I've got to paint that with the deadline that's now really looming. So that's still yet to be done, and that will take me a long time, uh, as I know from experience. And I got the the Flesh Eater FOMO box, and I've built the models, and they're very nice, but I haven't finished painting them. Um, They're all lovely kits. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, because yeah. you reviewed that, but you didn't use your models for the review. No. I didn't. So I'm doing them in a a blister skin kind of heavily charred vibe, which will be quick when I can be bothered to do it now. Um, but again, feeling the urge to finish this one shark and then maybe maybe paint some M one one threes instead of any H of Sigma. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll see how I'm feeling at the time. I. I tend to chop and change a lot at the moment. I haven't stuck to anything for a little while. Um, after the finishing the silver. Um, so that's kind of been it, really. Um, built so some models. painted enough for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's, there's a time in all of our lives when something you really want to do is just dry brush some green rectangles. Yeah. Um, and it's not happened in my life yet. I feel like I might yeah. skip that stage. Yeah, um, well, the flesh eating models are lovely though. They're really good kits if you haven't uh, taken a good look at them. I also like that they're the uh, the first fe- female models as well. Like you've just had your first female fire slayer. This is the first, but and um, I like the way that they're just just there. They're not any different from the the male ones. They're just presented in the same way, which is fucking horrible. <laughs> 
feel yeah. like I have to be nitpicky before someone else's and say that there was one feck female model in the under. Oh, that's what. Yeah, yeah. there was actually fake game. Sorry. Um. Anyway, so we can edit that bit out. Um. No. We can no, move on and talk about games played, maybe. So we'll cover mm. the one day of which went to detail after. But Matthew, have you got any game? Yeah, I've played one. I've been kind of sick, so I haven't um, been doing a lot of really anything. Uh, so I played one game against Gits with my Deepkin, which was okay. I kind of... Um, I lost it in the... I got to the point where I most of his models, but just he had outscored me. Um, so we got to a point, I think, in about around five where it was, there was no reason to keep playing. It's just one of those ones where it's like, okay, I could max score and it, it still doesn't matter. Um, which is a shame. It exposed a lot of problems with that iteration of the army. So uh, running six sharks plus a unit of eels instead of nine or twelve sharks as you don't have those extra single models that you can just start putting all over the boards to do objective stuff. You have to play a lot tighter. Um, and on a battle plan with quite spread out objectives, which is what we were playing on, it made it difficult. And uh, I did the classic thing of trying to score the battle tactic where you have to charge things and remain in combat uh, on a high tide. I did it on a high tide for some reason. And obviously just fucking killed everything that I went in combat with. Uh, so I managed to uh, deepkin my way out of that. It does happen. Uh, it was quite It was quite cool. The, um, the army is fun to play, even if it doesn't always go to plan. Um, so I think about round one, I, I made some mistakes going, maybe going first when I had choice of who could go first, because um, I was thinking I could weather a... So it was the battle plan where the person going second in battle round two chooses which side becomes active, and then the objectives move over the course of the game. Geomantic pulse. Yeah. So I, I figured I could maybe um, go first, and then my opponent wouldn't double me if given the opportunity because of that. Uh, and I shot off a Mangler Squig, turn one, which was quite fun. And a load of grots, they all came back, so that didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll they do will that. do it, yeah. Um, but then he just took the double anyway and uh, got some pretty monster charges in that did a lot of damage that I didn't... It's hard to bounce back from that as Deepkin. Um Fortunately, I mean, eels could still do what they do, so they removed huge amounts of stuff. The Smash King went in and soloed the 4-plus ward uh, trog hero, which is fun. People just... If you've not been Smash Kinged before, you don't expect it to come in, rend 3, damage 3, and just, like, lift your stuff. And it does, so... That's always fun, at least. But, yeah, a, not a close loss in the end on points, but... The board state looked like I was around. <laughs> it was one of those classic Sigma games where like, it looks, anyone walking past is like, wow, you're fucking crushing. You're like, no, I have lost this quite badly. So, Deepkin behavior. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, it's given me food for thought for Brotherhood. I, I probably isn't a point where I can, I'm not a 
point reckon massively changed the bills beyond maybe thinking about the eels. Um, Three more turtles. No, because that's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, there's part of me just thinks maybe I should run the Sylvaneth back because I have so much more practice with that army in this battle pack. And, um, but... Are you potentially fighting Luke for those? No, I don't think he would bring... Oh, no, he's he special. Yeah. Nurgle, he said. But I, th- I think they, uh, in a team environment, Deep can maybe bring more just with what they can do into yeah. into certain matchups. I think you do reach a point where every single army in your like setup is going like this is really good into certain matchups. Mm-hmm. That spells disaster for the team. Over <laughs> like, um, it's it also I think quite a few people on our team probably have armies that don't like getting shot with guns. Um, so having an army that doesn't care that much. It's quite yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. they're really good for that alone, right? If you can try and match them into, like, anything shooty. I, I have to imagine they're really good against most new cities builds. Like, I've until... tested it. They're probably pretty good. I'd worry about how much I could do to the big blocks of guns, um, but I probably have enough shooting to, to yeah. do pretty nasty stuff to them. Maybe yeah. that's a, maybe that's a game I can play. Of sharks. You can sacrifice one to the Unleash Hell and the other. Go. Yeah, maybe. I, there isn't any fat in the army. I think part of the problem is there is no fat in the army, so you can't just start losing stuff yeah. like that. Um, you'd almost want to throw the little 100-point wizard in <laughs> instead. <laughs> that's the, that's the <laughs> Unleash Hell bait. I, she's there to get a battle tactic done and then... And then that's that. Although I did pull off, I, I do have to toot my own horn. I pulled off the sickest battle tactic of all time. Uh, I had it was good. <laughs> I had a, an Achillean king in combat with um, the little a little goblin wizard, four wound goblin wizard, and the, the the physically the only battle tactic that was possible for me to do and not run away from all the objectives. Because I could have done surround and destroy, but like have sacrificed the the rest of the game. Um, so I did the one where you have to kill a unit with a spell. The Achilles King has the arcane tome, so the plan was, um, but I was already in melee with the goblins. Um, but it was the retreat and charge turn, and it, I had selected at the start of the game um, a deepkin. Where you get to pick like one of a certain number of rules, and one of the ones I picked was when you retreat on a four plus, you do D three mortal wounds. So it was cast arcane bolt, retreat, make the charge, make the four up, do some mortal wounds. I did two with that. I made the four up, did two mortal wounds, and then unleashed the arcane bolt, and did another two mortal wounds. Like perfectly sniped this goblin off with that move. It was just like, yes, this should not have worked. Wasn't there? Hadn't it taken a wound for a summer already? No. So I seem to remember there were like multiple situations where if it had gone too well for you, you could also have cast yourself a battle tactic. Yeah, it's, it's like, partly. Uh, so I think the... you maybe could have killed it on the charge and not unleashed the arcane bolt. So the Achillean King has um, 
a rule to do impact hits after he charges, but it's yeah. it's optional, so I just chose not to do it. Because oh right, okay. If I had done that and rolled yeah. a one, because it's D three mortal wounds, so if I'd done that and rolled um, a one or a two, that would have guaranteed the bell tactic. I'd rolled a three plus, so I'd have failed it. So that's, that's it. you just have to sort of ride those terrible odds. Um, but it is intensely satisfying pulling off stupid battle tactics. So, I mean, fair play. I've moaned about battle tactics so much, but that was fucking hilarious, and I would not have done that for any other reason. <laughs> they do create quite bloody situations. They can do, yeah. situations sometimes, right? How about you, Rich? Have you played any games apart from your one day? Uh, uh, nope. Excellent. I don't think so. Okay. So I'm just going to bounce that question right back to you. Uh, I have lost a lot of games with Ossiot Bone Reapers. Oh, so, hell yeah. This is my dilemma. OPR are meant to be a good army. The list I am using is one that people have like won tournaments with, uh, gone 5-0 with, and my record with them at the moment is something like 1-1 one, one lost maybe 7. Uh, it's just gone absolutely terribly. Um, I'm going to talk about one game maybe in a little bit more detail, but very broadly, this is the sort of story of my struggle with OBR. The first few games I played them, I really struggled with shooting. So I played against some very shooty lists that just shot me a lot. Um, so we have since tried to address that by there's command trait I can take on my general that has a bubble of minus one to hit, possibly even minus one to hit of shooting or something I think it's like that. Minus one to win. And since then, I have not played another shooting army, so I don't know how well that'll work, but we'll find out. Um, the other thing I really struggled with at the start was how to use Cathcross, because he's a lot of He's a really good buff piece, but for him to, he's got a command ability that puts up a very strong aura, which gives plus one to save and plus one to hit in a 24-inch button. But for that to work, he has to be out of combat. So a thing that kept happening to me was I kept getting him sort of tagged in combat so he couldn't do it. But you don't want him to always be out of combat, because he's also quite good at hitting things, and you don't want 500 points of your army to just be doing buff stuff. So I think that's a bit I have got a lot better at. I'm now much better at figuring out what he might kill and how to throw him in and what buffs and command abilities he needs when he goes in to make sure he actually kills something and doesn't just get stuck in a fight. So I've also been playing quite a few games against Gits, so I played a couple of games against Trogs. And the problem I had there was I found like when you just had a straight-up fight in the middle, I tended to lose it because they have very good rend and very good saves and broadly I can deal with one or the other of those things but they both require using command abilities in the combat phase so I can't deal with both those things at once very well. So you know I could eventually kill them but they were doing too much damage to my army first and I was just losing a lot of key pieces. The second game I played against closer than the first one so in the second game I tweaked my list a bit and instead of taking a Gothazar Harvester I took a Vortec Crawler which is the catapult, and that means that I can kill support pieces at the back, which was helpful because I could clear out his units of fanatics, which otherwise would give all his trogs an extra attack. Not very fun. Uh, and it also, if you, it, it has a chance to make something fight last, which was quite helpful against when it's an you know, army like trogs that has a few sort of big pieces. If you can make one of them fight last, it makes the sort of thinking about order of activation much easier. So that definitely helped. Um, but I still game um, and part of the reason for that is that I'm really struggling with battle tactics so I, do, I feel like I shouldn't be I feel like people think OBR are an army that's good 
And they do have a couple of OBR-specific battle tactics that are scorable, but they're not kind of guarantees. You have, you know, you need something to happen in a turn. You need to, for example, kill a unit with the Mortec Crawler, or have a unit of Catalos Death Riders make a charge and still be in combat at the end of the turn. Yeah, both of which are things that can go wrong. Mm. Um, and I really struggle with the generic battle tactics. So surround and destroy is not a tactic my list is great at because you kind of want everything to deploy in a bubble not to be really spread out and it's only really the Death Riders that are particularly fast so if it's a scenario where the territory is not just the deployment zone it's quite difficult to get out of it to score surround and destroy early on so yeah battle tactics have been a bit of a problem I've had some games where you know I've done okay on the killing things bit just lost out on points the other thing hasn't been going super well is the magic side of it. I really need to get some spells off to buff the Mortec Guard in particular and make them a threat. But I've played quite a lot of games against armies that have some kind of boost to unbind, and then I really struggle. So if I'm playing a low magic army, it's fine. But if I'm playing against Gits with um, Gnome Sky, yeah. uh, who gets, I think, plus certainly plus one to unbind. And I've played a game against Skaven with Thankful, who gets a big bonus to half, and I just really struggle to get spells off then. So I'm a bit iffy on whether I should keep going with wizards or whether not running them. I don't know. So I think OBR obviously aren't a bad army. I don't think the stats can lie that much. Um, so I think it's me. Uh, I definitely feel like I'm improving wow, with them. savage. But every time I fix something, I find something else that isn't working. And I'm yeah <laughs> starting to doubt my capacity to get gub with them before Brotherhood. So I'm contemplating falling back on Gargants, which is an army that I think I'm less likely to make daft mistakes with. I don't know. Anyway, that's my OBR tale of woe. <laughs> Been interesting watching you sort of wrestle with this. <laughs> I do gonna... think you're very good with Gargants based on this experience. But, um... This is an army I've played a lot, so I have a full idea doing. Uh, I might talk about the game I played against Skaven Detail. That Definitely. One of the more fun ones. So this was part of a mini team game thing my local club did. So this is the first founding club in Chessington who I have started going to a little bit recently. And they were doing just a sort of one-off team game largely to because a lot of people at the club had never played in a team game before, so we just sort of wanted to go through the process and show them how to draft it, that kind of thing. So a couple of the guys from South London Legion set up a event, and we just randomised the team, I think. Uh, so it was six versus six, and I took my OBR list. I did not take the Mortec Crawler, because one of the scenarios mm. rolled up was the one where you only have 12-inch uh. visibility, so and we had quite a lot of other lists on our team that cared about being able to see. Um, so I wanted to have a list that didn't. So yeah, that makes I sense. took Catacross, 30 Mortec Guard, a Bone Shaper and a Soul Mason, two of the Mortisan Casters, uh, two units of three Necropolis Stalkers, a Gothazar Harvester, a unit of Death Right. And I ended up get once we'd gone through the draft process, I got matched against a Skaven list, which was one of the worst matchups for me. 
so it was a kind of, you know, when you do a team draft, you get some good matchups and some bad ones, and this not a great one. And the main reason it was not a great one was that they had Thankful, who had the four fire projectors, whatever they're called, yeah. which is basically he remove a unit of 30 Mortec Guard. Yeah, he does absolutely eat Mortec Guard for breakfast, so he wasn't super keen was on it, that matchup. Was it a classic Thankful and bunch of Storm Fiends, or is that no. not uh, that's not really the vibe anymore. That's not the vibe anymore, no. Yeah. I haven't been down... As we all know, the vibe now is to run three yeah. Screaming Bells. And... <laughs> yeah. I haven't got the actual list of hand from memory. It was thankful. A Vermin Lord here, I want to say. The Fighty Vermin Lord. Two Graces. Warbringer, that's probably the one. Two Graces, two of some kind of priest. Plague Priest, is that a Yeah, that's the only priest. Yeah. Three units Cray. of 20 clan rats, two units of 10 plague sensor bearers, and whatever yes. the rat is called can deep strike. Yeah. So, apart from just thankful being the a pursuit thing, grinder. that's the one. I think the main way it does damage is uh, it can give the plague. It had a couple of ways to give the plague sensor bearers the vermin lord fight on death, and they yeah. hit very hard. So, broadly, yeah. that was what it wanted to do. So, there's two skavens. There's. Uh... Skiven have access to it through spells, so there's a spell or spell called Death Frenzy, which gives you fight on death, and the Warbringer, as a vermin lord, has his own differently worded Death Frenzy, so you can um, start stacking multiple fights on deaths and stuff, so yeah. So the scenario we played was Lines of Communication, which is the one where the player who second can choose a phase to disrupt the opponent's command abilities in, so means you might have to spend a second command point every time you use a command ability in that phase, which is also quite bad for OBR, because our whole thing is we get loads of command abilities and a lot of flexibility about how we use them. Um, so, I outdropped him, so I gave him first turn. He deep-struck one unit of Plague Sensor and got a long charge off into my Death Riders. Uh, so gave him some kind of super-charge thing, where the first roll you roll for a charge that their units can use. Uh this is if was... you if you, if you sorry, I know this rule. Uh, if you have book Noah, <laughs> if you have three master clan heroes, so that's why he has the two graces on foot because they are master clan and so is Thankful. Yeah. You unlock a rule called three claw steps ahead, which does exactly as you describe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the first roll you roll for a child, all units can use that, and that was massive in this game. I can't remember which turn it was. One turn when he rolled a double six for his first charge, and everything was just doing whatever it wanted. But it also means you can kind of, you know, if your first charge is rubbish, you can spend a command point on that, knowing that if it's good for the re-roll, it benefits everything. So yeah, that did a lot. Sure. Um, so yeah, he got a long bomb charge off, but he didn't, the Plague Sense Bowers then whipped it, so they didn't wipe out the Death Riders. They killed a few, but it left me in a position where I could get them out. Pretty good. And otherwise, he just moved everything forward. So then on my turn, he had obviously screened with the clan rats, so basically it wasn't a lot I could try and kill except for clan rats. So I charged one of my units of Necropolis Stalkers into a unit of clan rats in the middle, and I think with my other unit of Stalkers I missed a long charge that got them into some Plague Sensor Bearers on the left. Um, so basically Plague Sensor Bearers hit really hard, but Stalkers yep. also hit pretty hard, so if I, if I want to turn, if I can get the charge into them, sort of hit them at one end of the unit, do a bunch of damage, there's hope, the idea is there's hopefully not going to be that many left to hit me back. And if I'm tagged to the end of the unit, then hopefully not that many of them can pile in and fight me. But I didn't get when they die. Uh, but I didn't get charge off, so that didn't work out. 
I did mostly kill the unit of Clanvats in the middle. Um, but I got a little bit unlucky with Battleshock. I think I had disrupted the Battleshock phase, so I was hoping that he would have something run away. But I think I think I'd probably done damage to two units. I don't know what the second it was. Um, but he had a triumph that let him have mm. a unit not run away, which is the obvious one you take with Skaven. And then I didn't succeed in disrupting the other thing, so he was able to keep everything right. Maybe a little bit sad. Um, I doubled him into two, and I had a really good turn two. So I did on, I did now manage to get the stupas into his plague sense of errors on the left. I killed most of them. They didn't, because of the positioning, and I'd sort of tagged one end of the unit, they weren't able to do a massive amount of damage back, which was very good. And then I ended up taking out two units of clan rats in the middle with the stalkers, and I also charged the harvester in. I usually try and keep the harvester near the Mortec Guard, but in this case, I didn't really want to be too aggressive with the Mortec Guard, because it obviously set Thanquil up opposite. I didn't want to just be in a position when he just, without doing anything, could just wipe them off in his shooting phase. So instead, I just took the mm. harvester forward by itself, and it charged into the clan bats and completely wiped, which I don't think it expected. Quite nice. It also meant the harvester was then in quite an annoying place that meant Thanquil had to kind of go round it to get to the Mortec Guard rather than just being able to go straight toward them. So I was quite pleased with that. Um, and I did a battle tactic. I think I did surround and destroy because I'd retreated out my death riders on one flank, so they were sort of out there by themselves, scoring battle tactics and just being in the way. Uh, so having just said that I struggled to score surround and destroy with OBR, actually on this occasion I managed it in a vaguely competent way, and I was very pleased with myself. Um, so on his turn to he did move Thankful up to a guard, but he wasn't able to get, I don't think he made it to three inches away kind of thing. And I used my redeploy to move them back and got a reasonably decent, I think I got maybe a four. So while he was still able to shoot, I got a decent amount of out of range. And the way it works is that he rolls one dice per warp yeah. projector per model in range, I think. So it meant that when he shot them, he killed 90, something like that, rather than the whole 30. And I have capacity to bring quite a lot back, so that was a reasonably good outcome. But he did kill the harvester. He charges Vermin Lord into it, and it just absolutely chopped it up. Vermin is horrific. Yeah, they're really fighty. Yeah, and then I got priority into rank three, and I went first and made an absolute mess of this turn. So I got carried away trying to kill Thankful and just didn't play the scenario. Essentially, was what happened. So I got into Thankful with a bunch of stuff. I charged Mortec Guard in. I charged Catacross in. And then I wanted to make sure I had enough, so I also charged in a unit of Necropolis Stalkers, and that was an error. Um, I can't remember why I did. I don't think I needed to debate the Unleash. No, because Sankar had already charged the Wartek on his turn, I think, so I didn't need to debate an Unleash Hell or anything like that. Um, but the problem with charging in the Necropolis Stalkers was that they also got into a couple of his small heroes, and I had forgotten that Skaven do the retreating out of combat thing, so he was then able to retreat those heroes out of combat and grab an objective that I had been not banking on him being able to get. I also uh, just positioned one of my stalkers in a really stupid place on an objective, and that turned out to be meaningful, because the stalkers count for two, point, two models each on objectives, and I ended up not scoring that one by exactly two models. So I did kill Thankful, and then I scored zero points for the turn, because uh, oh, echoing yeah. Matthew's experience, I did the lead into the Maelstrom battle tactic, where you have to charge in a hero and a battle line unit and have one of them still in combat at the end of the turn. 
But Thankful died, and the Cavalos Death Riders are charged into a whole bunch of clan rats, and they did way better than I thought they would, killed a whole bunch of clan rats, and then he rolled a six for Battleshock or something, and all the rest of the clan rats ran away, and I was left going, no, come back and fight me. <laughs> so it was a very good turn for killing things, but absolutely terrible turn for actually scoring any points. Um... Then on his turn... Too, three, too focused on obliterating rats. Yeah. Well, then... I mean, I had to kill Sanquil. If I hadn't killed Sanquil, I was just going to use loads of stuff. But as it was, I massively overkilled him. I should just have tried. So then I think he killed... He charged the Vermin Lord into one of my units of Stalkers and killed Uh And he scored five points because he was already on objectives. And he had a fair few battle tactics quite easily. Uh, and then we ran out of time, which was a shame. Um... So he was up on points, and we just called it at the score at that point. If we'd carried on, I think he would have won. I think I was, I was on top in terms of stuff with killing power left, but don't think I would have been able to catch up. In the, we figured out that I was probably going to get my grand strategy, and he was going to fail his because I think I just had to kill one more small hero. I had a bunch of stuff left around, killed a small hero. Uh, but we rolled priority for turn four, and he got that, so he was almost certainly going to score another five points then. And I think I would have struggled to come back. It was a shame we didn't have enough time. I'd quite like to play the game yeah. out and see how close we but could have made it. Having to call time back round three is rough as well, because that, yeah. that's quite early. Yeah, we couldn't math it out what was going to happen. Um, it was partly because we'd started a bit late, just team event. Of sort of, and then, I don't know, I think Skaven and I'll be repositioning and sort of screening matters quite a lot, so... I feel really slow. It wasn't a super competitive environment. It wasn't a game. I definitely wasn't thinking, gosh, you're playing really slowly here. It was just one of those things where we took a bit of time to explain what our armies did. Then, yeah. You know, it's not a tournament with someone going around calling the time and saying, you've got an hour to go. It was more someone came around at the end and went, we need to close this hall up in 10 minutes. And we went, oh crap, we should probably stop then. So, yeah. Oh, no, it was a fun ways. game. Uh, did he, get the, did he get the did he get the 2d6 mortal wound prayer off? Maybe. And what they were doing was prayers. Oh, hang on. The one there's one that did. I don't know if it was a prayer or a spell. There was one that did damage to something based on them. That's a spell. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. That was. Uh, yeah, it was a fun game. I feel like I played really well up to the end of round two and then just made an absolute disaster of turn three, but that happened. And then we messed up the scoring. I realised at the end we had counted his score for battle round four, but not mine. So he ended up uh, going more than he should have done, which in a team event probably is meaningful. It does matter, yeah. Next feel like, yeah, yeah that feels like a game where you probably end up winning, I think. But maybe. I yeah. don't think I would have done. I think if I'd, okay. I think if I'd won priority into turn round four, that point, I think I could have tried to win. I think because he got the prio into four, because I'd dropped five points on round three. Okay, yeah. If he's, yeah, ten I points. I think it would have been close. Mm. I think it would have been close. Anyway, it was a fun game. And it gave me some hope because I felt like I played better with OBR than having some of the yeah, other games. That's good. Oh, Skaven yeah. are cool, though, making me want to play Skaven. They Maybe are. They've Skaven. Got... Rich is grimacing. Got the army. <laughs> No, right. that's a smile, mate. <laughs> I do, I do have, uh, I do have twenty plague sensor bearers. Oh god, they are the hot shit at the moment. It seems They're very so. good. 
I feel like you should not pivot into an army you have had no recent practice with at this stage. I've not played them all I edition. Should, I think you should fucking do it. I'm do it at the start of January. I'm buying two screaming This submission end of summer. Maybe it's not. Yes. Do you know? I can't. It's the first of Jen. Okay. Wow. So really, we really need to think about that because we do. That's- there's at least like six days in time between now and then we are when we're absolutely not going to think about it, So You're not going to be thinking about your brotherhood list when you're having Christmas dinner. I probably will be. I might be actually yeah. escapism. <laughs> anyway, do you want to tell us about your one-day tournament? Let's do it. Um, I'm normally quite bad at remembering games. I have been using where I can remember the Goonhammer Tabletop Battles app. Shout out to the peeps that code that. It's really good. Um, so I actually have some notes, but I don't necessarily remember exactly what I did. Um, although I do, because I took Iron Jaws. So quite a small brain list, really. Um, so the event was, it was a one day, three games in one day, uh, Black Dragon Miniatures in Hinkley, which I think is one of the more sort of well-established local game shops in like the West Midlands. Um, they've got a good event scene. Uh, there were 24 players, uh, which was interesting crammed into the store, but it didn't seem to have a lot of like other foot traffic other than the people that were in the store for the event. So like the odd person popped in and out, but it, it seemed pretty given over to the event. So it wasn't like horrendous given that the tables were all like in front of the shelves and stuff um but it was nice the scenery was uh, a little bit sparse but decent quality what was there like nothing meaningful no like terrain maps or anything but like enough to just have an okay time with where you know just do what the pack says and the defender sets the scenery up like Whack it out on the board. There was plenty to do that and it to feel fine. Then, I'm trying to think what else is relevant. Um, there, the a couple of other people from our community came. Um, so Nick came and stayed with me the night before. And, um, brought his KO. And the implication of that was that we ended up staying up until like 2.30am and we needed to leave mine to get to tournament at like 7.30. So um, that was not ideal. But Assuming you were staying up, you know, debating tactics and playing practice games and things. Well, his his train was repeatedly delayed, which was good for me because it meant I could finish painting my army without being distracted. (laughs) Um. But he finally got into Worcester at like midnight. Um, and yeah, so then we were just catching up. We had a sort of abortive attempt at magnetizing all of my bases, which ended quite quickly when the gun's battery ran out. Um, and I was uh, printing off some war scrolls and stuff. So I think we got to like 1.30 and we're like, oh, wow, we should really go to bed. And then suddenly it was 2.30. <laughs> um that led to like quite a tiring day at the event, but um, 
yeah. It was good. Um, so David from the community also came and also brought his Iron Jaws, uh, which he's been working on recently. So it's nice to see him too. It's including uh, some of my old Iron Jaws. Including some of right. these old Iron Jaws that have been gently painted over in places. I think he's redone the armor and the skin yeah. on some of them, I think. Okay, so it's all of it. Nice looking. I mean, kept the crusher though. <laughs> um, they, they are basically just armor and skin. You know? I mean, they are, yeah. <laughs> you painted that belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's sick you painting on those could... belts, though. Yeah, the peak. <laughs> um, uh, what else should we talk about? Lists. I took a. Uh, just pure Iron Jaws, Iron Suns list. Iron Suns is the one that gives you a counter charge in your opponent's charge phase, um, which I did use to terrible effect. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, I had a Mega Boss on War Crusher, who was also my general with the uh, Bravery Aura artifact. The I think I went for the mighty war leader. Um, in go for destroyer. No, I would in hindsight. Yeah, because I think so much is pinned on damage in the army. Um, the bravery thing feels good because our boys being like bravery five is terrible. Bravery five. Oh well. Yeah. Well, bravery six because they have a ban. Um, brutes of bravery six. They're painful to lose even. Yeah. So brutal. Um, uh, usual gave them extra hero phase move once per game. Mount traits. And they had the requisite two war chanters, one with a fixing beat, one with a getting beat. Um, I am starting to believe that it's probably better to just have both of them take the getting beat. So it's always like in an aura of being able to get onto someone rather than um, the, the problem with giving stuff like three extra moves is it is immediately out of range of all of its buff pieces <laughs> so um, being able to keep up is important um, what else do I have? I took Zogrok Anvil Smasher just because it's kind of painted his effect is quite good in the right situation um, it being a dice roll isn't great um, yeah. Putting extra mortal wounds on onto sixes is quite, especially on like units of art boys that are doing thirty attacks. Quite crazy. Um, I don't think. I think if he was like the equivalent cost to a war chanter, you'd yeah. see more play. And I expect he might come. Up. But I think at one hundred and sixty points, he's a little bit too expensive. Oh, yeah, for what it's, he a does. Bit, it's a bit tasty. It's a bit. Yours is built for aesthetics rather than the more competitively yes. optimal weapons loadout. I did run him as though he had the tongs, ah, which okay. I checked and people were fine. So um, I think that ward smashing chopper is like theoretically so good until you just never roll six. The one time yes. you get yeah. three attacks into combat or two attacks even. It's two so. attacks is terrible. Yeah. Like taking a ward off of like Star Drake or something, the one time it happens would feel great, but it's just not. Um, and then other stuff wise, I had 
the units of 10 odd boys, um, unit of five brutes, unit of three gore grunters, unit of six brute rages, the new like berserker guys. And you took a, you took a, a six, single six grunter, gouger. And it's still single six is way preferable to two threes. Uh, okay. Because we'll get to that in game two. Did they all run away? No, they <laughs> did fucking amazing. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, I think the problem with the threes is it's quite easy to lose like one to two in the course of getting them where they need to be if you're not careful mm. to like unleash hell or something. Then they just like don't have the impact you need and you've spent 100 points on nothing. Whereas like 200 points for the big is... I guess um, with smashing and bashing you kind of want bigger units that can more reliably wipe something as well. Yeah, and it makes them better top for the Violent Fury as well. And they really can pump out a lot of damage in that scenario. Um, they are not survivable, so the trade-off is in a situation where you would floss three you're probably going to lose six. If if they can do what you need them to do first, I think it's worth. Um, spoiler: most of the time they didn't. That's, uh, that I don't think that was their fault. Uh, so I'm trying to rattle through my games fairly quickly. Um, game one was against a nice chap called Paul, who is, uh, I'm led to believe, chief of the. Nuneaton Wargamers Association Galites, the uh, the wargaming club that hilariously has the logo NWA oh <laughs> goes God. by that acronym. Um, you see them at quite a lot of bigger events. Um, nice guy. Um, supposedly a nice club as well. I sometimes think that acronym is like a bit cringe just to have a bunch of white dudes with movement tools that have NWA in place in the cross. Uh, but hey, <laughs> do rock. Can they uh, rebrand our Brotherhood team to be Public Enemy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could be Run the Jewels, but Jewels spelt like D-U-E-L-S. There we go. Some more rap references for you. Um, Kendrick Lawar. Oh, episode title. (laughs) Incredible. Oh, dear. That's enough of that. (laughs) Get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. This is how you um, with a Blood Bowl team. What do you mean by that? Just coming up with pun names. So. Oh, right. Gotcha. I thought that was like, if you're too cancelled, you end up playing Blood Bowl instead of AOS. <laughs> AOS is a serious game where you can't give your models stupid pun names. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah. It is illegal. Um. So... <laughs> Back on track. Me and Paul played um, Lines of Communication, already mentioned in this show. Uh, person going second gets to choose face to disrupt. Uh, Paul had a 
blue spike gets army jaws of mork which is the squigs um so it was like a unit of 15 bounders two units of five bounders a unit of 36 squig herd um turns out squigs herd have two wounds each that was a fucking surprise what the hell Oh, that that literally like completely undid my strategy for a turn. Learning that squigs had two wounds each. Squigs uh, are a subset of dog, and dogs in AOS have two wounds. That's... Yeah. Good hands does that thing. just because they're a bird and a dog. Two, okay. Two for the dog, one for the bird. Yeah. All right. It's it's a dog plus an ether wing. <laughs> um. Ether so... two wounds. I'm pretty sure, but never mind. That's. Let's move on. Oh, God. Oh, undone. I don't dare look at it. Um, They're only half a bird. Okay. Well, I guess only half a dog. It doesn't make any sense. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. Like two thirds of a dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, What happened in this game? What happened in this game is basically I just didn't really respect um, good... Founders are especially they're really good. Also, Squigs good. are one of the best armies in the game. Yeah, they really are. Super good. It was very nice game. Um, it is always a funny experience where you're both just like, oh yeah, I'm here to like roll dice and have a good time. To be honest, and then your opponent has bought like one of the most fucking push lists possible. <laughs> but um, it was very nice army. Um, and it was a very nice opponent. We had a really good fun time, but. Um, we basically both knew we wanted to turn one charge, and we both knew I was going to get the decision. And I think um, I'm sort of resolving now that probably with Angels, most of the time you want to set up to weather turn one and then go second and hope for a double, or at least sort of like hope for some easier charges and some better board position. Given how far Bounders and Squig Herd can go. Uh, he had the classic teleport spell as well. Um, I opted to go first on this one, and I got the Rages in. I got the Crusher in, but only to like a into a screen unit of Bounders, a little unit of five. I got the Rages into a little unit of five. He had deployed his big block of Squeaks and his big block of Bounders right Klein. Um and I sort of reached the conclusion of like, well, they're going to charge me either way. I'd rather they charge me in his board half. Um, I killed some stuff on the charge, but then basically what happened is that Squigs wrecked my entire shit. Um, yeah. They like killed everything, including the Moor Crusher. Uh, I've got some reading to do because my experience this whole weekend was... Um, the more Crusher is a piece you kind of expect to trade. Um, it's not that likely to stay alive, um, even with the, the variant that's got a three-up save. Uh, and the problem that comes with that is quite often you want it to be a general, and if you just give your general away and turn one, you are starved for command points the entire game. So um, It's also quite hard to trade up. With like a 500 point model with a 500 point model is dying yeah. in one turn yes and also you're um, trying to trading into gits is impossible because they come back yeah so one thing i did do on turn one in this game was i got the gouger in 
and he'd left a gap between two units. He like, towed it into like 2.8 inches of his loon shrine and smashed it. Hey, shit. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, the gets coming back thing is weird because it's only at the end of, right at the end of their turn and it's only on four up. He's really not that reliable. But it's in lists like that where what is coming back is like another 35 wounds worth of squigs. It's yeah. really bad. So, I knew I wanted to get rid of it because he'd also told me that his grand strategy was to like have the Loon Shrine, so it was just an immediate denial of three points as well. Um, but uh, needless to say, basically, I set up properly. I set up well for my battle tactics, so I got surrounded, destroyed turn one, and then intimidate turn two as I moved out of my territory. Uh, but within his turn two, then, like, the photo at the end of my turn one was like, loads of my stuff in his board half and then the photo about 30 minutes later was like all of his stuff in like my back line so <laughs> it just reversed on me and i ended up losing like 25 points to 10 um i guess probably what i should have done is give away to one and set up more conservatively yeah, he's back. If he's backboard edging his bounders, like they're fast, but they're not that fast. Because I know they run in charge, yeah. but um, yeah, it's still I like an eighteen-inch this... move, and then a charge. I don't know. The thing is, right? You can roll you one can, on yeah. the d six for the movement, right? And then it's real bad. Um, he had some mortal wounds on sixes or something on the squeaks that did a lot of damage iron just just have nothing against mortal wounds is the artifact to give like one mega boss to six up ward is just not worth it so um yeah it was uh it was pretty rough but it was a fun game so do you still get the mount trait for um oh but you always take faster don't you yeah okay. faster is normally so, yeah. So yeah, good. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and weird and yeah, like I spells think like shit, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's just like it's suffering a little bit, I think, of like from like old book syndrome. But uh, oh yeah, um, <laughs> it's still fun. Like I think the army has quite good like vibes still. Um, moving on though. I won't I don't want to spend a million years on this. Um people love battle reports, so it probably would be absolutely fine too. Yeah. You were both there for the crack, but his crack was I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. Basically. Very experienced player, I think. He like mm. I played a lot of AOS but didn't get the impression that like I had played any AOS in comparison to the person who runs the wargaming club, right? And has done <laughs> for several years. So <laughs> Uh, but he was lovely. Like I have absolutely no complaints. Uh, I did wonder when we first set up. I was like, "Oh, is this going to be one of those like awkward games where your opponent's really weird?" Because the like, I reckon within the first twenty words that he said to me was a joke about hating his wife. It's like, oh no, don't be the Warhammer stereotype, man. Actually, he was very nice. So. <laughs> You know, maybe ill-advised. Whatever. Um, 
it was very nice. Um, we had a good um, coffee and chat after the game about sort of how it had gone and the other things we were into and stuff as well. So, yeah, very fun. What happened? Game two was Geomantic Pulse, another one that we've already talked about, where you person going second in battle round two picks where the pulse is going to be and it moves across the board over the next battle rounds. I really um, like that scenario. Like my favourite one. I think it's really good because it requires you to be super intelligent about scoring and setting up for scoring because... I hate being intelligent. Yeah, I'm not very good at it. But you, like, on turn one or battle round one, you can only score one point on primaries, so you can't set yourself up for a big lead. And I think, again, maybe what I should have done. something a little bit different knowing that, but I was being very, bearing in mind I'd had like four hours sleep, I was being quite <laughs> impulsive. And I just, uh, so this Staying is against your De- Yeah, exactly, it was role-playing. <laughs> I played against a chap called Deck, uh, who I think is from East Midlands, he, he seemed very familiar with um, Rob, Honest Wargamer Rob's tournaments and events. Um, he ended up giving me to use in a game and then saying I should keep afterwards a four-inch movement stick that I think Rob had printed him as a joke. Um, as like, have this, it's completely useless. It's not completely useless if you play Iron Shots. <laughs> I'm going to say, because <laughs> Half my army has moved four inches. It's great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very nice opponent. Very friendly. Uh, he was running Cities of Sigma. My record in the app is a little bit off because the new city stuff hadn't been updated into it yet. But um, he was running Excelsis, which um, is very, very good because it gives certain models. Uh, what I call uh, blood sister or wound explosions in the combat phase. So like the snake ladies in Doors of Cain, like once they finish fighting. I don't know, he was using it on specifically on big blocks of cavaliers. I'm not sure if it's limited to cavaliers or if it's like other stuff as well, but uh, effectively after fighting no and doing like some average fighting, they were then unleashing like 20 dices worth of Multiple wounds or whatever it was, and it was quite painful. Um, maybe it wasn't it quite very good. extreme. Um, I don't think it was quite as extreme as the Blood Sisters one is, but it's the same vibe of it, like all channeling through one model in the unit. It's not dependent on each model being engaged. So, um, yeah, um, okay, this so was a list. It is only three guild so, cavaliers. I was, I was just looking it up out of interest. Yeah, yeah. this is. Um, a list that I've not really been keeping up with cities, but I know people have been super... Cavaliers are very good. People have been super um, like hot on the shooting, obviously, because people always obsess over shooting in this, um, when they're talking about like the good lists. Um, and I think really leaning into Cavaliers is like the best thing in the book. Uh, so they yeah, two blocks... The shooting list has just gone up points as well yeah so is that yeah cavaliers are cut price blood knights like they're so good they're really good they're really good um so you have two blocks of 10 with a pre-gold cavalier marshal 
the classic, like with the artifact that makes them higher damage and stuff. Um, we were chatting and basically concluded you could like improve the list by just putting another marshal in it because potentially then you can like have two marshals each with fights first and each dragging a unit of cavaliers with them in the combat phase so you can get like all four of them fighting before anything else which is horrible i don't like it but if you're gonna do it commit right <laughs> uh he also had he did have a unit of 10 um fusiliers 10 steel helms the hunters i can't remember exactly what they're called world corpse hunters they're cool the, the ones the, the war cry band um and he had talia vedra as well the lioness of the punch super cool manticore hero um she to hear Declan tell it, he basically started the army because at a previous event, he like won her in the raffle or as an event prize. <laughs> it was like, cool, well, I'm doing this army now then. It's a very cool model. Um, she has a cool counter charge ability and she also has a, a monster's rampage that can make a target monster fight last. So like quite an interesting thing to try and balance the crusher and the pig around mm -hmm. um and she also has the amazing thing to do like four up rally on two units in combat that's good um, well you couldn't just with iron jaws specifically you can smash and bash your way around that obviously if you need to yes yes um so that is what i did in my turn one i chose to go nice. turn one again here which i think was just a mistake i felt like turn one went really well and i think looking back at the game not to spoil it looking back at the game afterwards i think actually what happened was i got really lucky on turn one um so what happened is i moved did all the bonus moves to the more crusher and like charged it on the right flank into one block of cavaliers i charged the pig up on the other side to like tag the steel helms but also like tag a unit of cavaliers through that line um, with the intent of trying to put some damage on them as well. And I then charged the Rages sort of more up the middle. Um, the World Court Hunters had like a pre-game scout move, so they'd step forward from the line, and so I charged the Rages with the 3d6-inch charge, and their innate run and charge like through them into or around them into the steel helms and the fusiliers thinking like if i can just sort of put two of these into the fusiliers two into the steel helms and two into the hunters i'll sort of do enough to each unit that there's some really difficult um decisions on inspiring presence and probably kind of new to all three of those units um and what happened then is that I hadn't positioned the Morkrushen very well, and I think Talia could have gotten a counter charge off with like an 8 on the dice. I think he rolled a 7, and absolutely what Becklin should have done with that is then do nothing with her, because he could have got it into the Morkrusher and made it fight last. And then the Cavaliers, even though they're not amazing when they're not on the charge, could have Whittled it down and she could have whittled it down. Um, with the seven, he decided to just get her into the rages instead. Um, 
So I think he brought them, brought it forward. I think he roared the Rages so that they couldn't get all out attack. Um, but what happened then was that I went with them and managed to pile basically all but a single one of them into Talia and kill her turn one. <laughs> uh, I think I did the exact right amount of damage. They had the damage buff from the War Chanter as well. So she died, which then let me activate the more crush. And I think I killed eight of the unit of 10 Cavaliers. Um, but he cunningly removed them in a way that that took them out of combat. Um, Pig on the other side, I think, killed like all of the Steel Helms and uh, like three or four Cavaliers in that other unit. Um, the upsetting thing that then happened to me basically was that stuff rallied a lot um, I think he got like I think the unit of Cavaliers that was down to two got back up to five or six between Rally and the Surgeon from the Command Corps he also had the Command Corps and like a couple of little wizards Command um, Corps seems super good they're very good Played one game again. or as Declan called them and I couldn't believe I had not heard this before the Human Palooza <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> because they're just the gob of Palooza in for. Um, yeah, but that was bouncing around my brain for the rest of the day. I couldn't believe it. Um, Presumably the turn yeah, off the commanders think they could. Uh, yes, that was impactful once or twice. The um, Whisper Blades 4+. Actually, no, you can't do that. Um, the um, yeah, I think turn. Can't sort of remember exactly what happened subsequently. Um, about tactics wise, I I got surrounded, destroy on turn. Um, one again. I lost my general on lost my general in either it must have been in turn one because I went first in turn two as um which is fine, you expect to lose that under reprisal, I think. Um and I went for reprisal on turn two because it was the unit of cavaliers that finished him off. And they had then sort of moved just to the edge of the objective. Um, was the pulse, and what I should have done is accept I wasn't going to get reprisal and just score the points for that. But instead, I charged them, um, forgetting that then that then gave the cavalier marshal behind them a count charge order. At this point, on like a plus four to charge. Um, so he got in, which of course then let the Cavaliers fight them first as well. And I basically lost all but one of those oh, yeah. iron bo uh, our boys, which meant that I then didn't have the objective either. So I didn't get the bounce I didn't get the objective. So that's like the error that then cascaded the game, basically. Um, I think I managed to score like one more point on primary and one more battle tactic the whole game. Um, and uh, Declan, to be fair, didn't score a lot of battle tactics either, but he did score lots on primary. Uh, he basically didn't score a lot because he just started killing my stuff too quickly. <laughs> um, so this ended 27-8 defeat. 
so pretty painful. But really, again, rough. another really fun game. Um, Gonzalo was like mostly work in progress still, but the couple of bits that were fully painted were really nice. So I think it's going to be a very nice like yellow Cities of Sigmar army when it's done, um, which I think is the actual Excelsis scheme. I think using like nice. Yeah, it might also. I don't know. So it looked like classic sort of pale yellow and black kind of check. Um, some nice cobblestone bases and stuff. So, yeah, it was a fun game. I think I learned some things about like when to commit and when to um not because I like that turn one felt like should have been the setup for quite a quick win. Really, yeah. yeah. It's it like, just... how did you lose this game, Rich? Yeah, like, tr- like by a huge margin as well. How how did I let him then score triple the points I has? Uh, well, uh, and then game three. Uh, this point, I, we sort of like I was chatting to Nick, and in between games, and we were both like completely good because we not had a lot of sleep, so we were kind of running on coffee. Um. And we both lost both of our games, so we then got matched into each other in the spoon game. Um, and we were pretty pleased with that outcome. Um, because although, you know, we're friends, we have played TTS and stuff before, we have never actually played like full game of AOS in person because we live like two and a half hours apart. So, um, we, uh, yeah, we played, what was our uh, scenario? This is Power Flux, which is when we have two lots of paired objectives, like long or wide, and just going second gets to choose which objective for the turn. Um, another quite nice uh, scenario. That's like part of it. And the other part is you get points for killing wizards. You get points for controlling the active objectives with wizards or what specific Antorian locuses uh and I, th- I don't think this is the one where wizards explode and hurt people as well. No. But it's like it's not. You get points for killing them, and they get you extra points. Neither has had a wizard because it was Iron Jaws. My Iron Jaws list versus KO list. Mm. We were just like, cool. This block of text doesn't mean. <laughs> uh, this was, um, I think, again, it, like it wasn't a complex game. Really, we. Uh, I think really this is a game that could have been played in like an hour and a half. It's just that we're very tired, so we did nearly go to time. <laughs> but, um, um, and one again chose to go first in turn one, so I didn't really learn for the entire event. But because he was it against KO though, because otherwise you're going to lose a bunch yes. of stuff just by being. Sure. Don't want to shoot me. I just fly around in a poor presence. So Nick was playing Barracks on list, which is like the fightier KO. So he had an ironclad with a bunch of characters in it, a frigate with another character or two, and like six Endon Riggers and three Sky Wardens, or the other way around, maybe. And then I think two lots of ten Arconauts on the ground and one other unit of the balloon guys like on f- inverted commas foot on balloon <laughs> um so quite scary um 
certainly not like the Ender Riggers and Sky Wardens are both very good. And also just KO in general, every time they shoot or attack me, I find myself going like they do what? Their their like <laughs> yeah. quality of attack is absurd. Um they they yeah. ob- obviously like quite a tactical list in terms of like the volume of stuff you have. But when you're Navigate. like, oh, those three little guys, they're going to be fine. And then they like shoot you with rivet guns and charge you with like damage D3 chainsaws or whatever it is. <laughs> and the navigation exactly. must be a fairly big deal. Those yes, that slowed my yeah. pig down a lot. Uh, I, knowing, knowing what could happen. I think I actually went into this game intending to give turn one away, like knowing I should. But knowing, so knowing what could happen, I deployed everything in like a big castle. Um, so basically, I had like the more crusher in the middle, and then like just everything clustered around it in my board territory, not like really far back because that kind of doesn't matter, but just like all in one place. So like, right. So if a ship drops in close enough to shoot this like significantly, then everything can get. Was the logic. Uh, but then the way Nick deployed his ironclad, I just immediately got really greedy and was like, I could get more crushes than so <laughs> I took first turn. Um, I actually went for an Iron Jaws uh, or War Clans a tactic that that's our turf now to control the middle of the board because I actually I just sort of had to send stuff in that direction anyway. Um, so powered up the War Crusher, powered up the Ragers sent them both off with some mighty destroyers and extra moves and stuff towards the ironclad only managed to get the more crusher in but it did manage to kill the um which i was quite surprised by but it um yeah it did really well um, i think again maybe did like the exact number of wounds it needed to do but it killed the ironclad i think maybe did some damage to of the units in there as well um did you take on, much damage on back the, from the, on the... Not really. Uh, a little bit, but not a huge amount. I think the really scary, great engine work that you can get in KO is the one that lets you fire your main gun like twice with Unleash Health. Well, as an extra Unleash Health. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have that. He had the ramming prow on the frigate. <laughs> also good. Um, because it's, his list is focused around combat more than shooting. Um, and uh, so yeah, killed the ironclad, which sort of limits the ability of the list to reach out and touch. And then, um, um, so got some primary points, got some, um, got my battle tactic. Um, Nick went for like a KO. Blast some smithereens, kill something with shooting, I think that is. Or just kill something, I can't remember what it is. But uh, he got that in return anyway, um, but didn't control objectives. Um, and then uh, he got double and did surround and destroy, so he took his frigate out wide and some Arconauts wide on the other side, and then some characters that fall of the ironclad just sort of step backwards on the back edge. Um, Blast them to smithereens is clear all your 
that was it. Yeah. So I think I think it was that might have been that I so I might again have lost the more crusher and return here, and it might have been that the more crusher was towed onto the back objective. That um, is actually trading up. You can trade the more crusher for an ironclad, and yeah. that is a good. That felt worthwhile because I still have my entire rest of my army. It's not like I've lost that and a load of other stuff. Um, so Nick got the double there, went into surround and destroying, scored that as well. Um, I managed to get my brutes and a war chanter, I think. So what he did, he put the frigate right on the edge of the board and then told me a story about the time he'd been completely surrounded and all the stuff inside the frigate couldn't get out when it was killed. And I was just like, that sounds like fun. I'm going to try and do that. Um, I didn't do it on this turn. I lost a lot. I lost way more brutes than I expected, I think, to the stuff in the frigate fighting before I did with them. Somebody, there might have been a fight somewhere else. I think I had the rages in somewhere else and they needed to go first or something. Um, so it didn't happen. And then what did happen eventually in the next couple of turns is he took Frigate into my back lines and did the same thing, at which point a load of my stuff just turned around and pinned it against the board edge and killed it. And then he lost also like 10 models inside it because they couldn't be deployed anywhere. So I was happy with that. Um, that also denied Nick's ground strat because he had rule the skies which kill flying monsters and uh, boats alive so he did kill the flying monster but I suppose the boats are dead can't score it I managed to sneak some gore grunters back into his territory to get the win uh, sorry to get the grand strat and end up winning 14-10 so it was really really close right until the end um, we had to talk out like the last turn and a half um but, but it was very much a like, well, I think I can get this on there. Right, see if you rolled the right run. Oh, yeah, I did it. Cool. They would shoot, obviously shoot that, so just roll the attacks and we'll see what's left kind of thing. So um, maybe it would have gone even closer if we fully played to the end. But um, yeah, it was really fun. Really close game. Nice to play in person. It's got a nice KO army. So um, I'm not sure. It doesn't feel like that should be a good matchup for me. So he's quite pleased to win it because um, I don't think Angels want to be shot with a lot of pretty high quality shooting, really. But um, for whatever reason, it just went e okay. Equally, so. KO don't want to be hit in the face with a load of rend. So yeah, which um, that is what I think got me through the um, Ironclad in turn one is that I just committed the war to like have the uh, plus one on the charge with the more crusher and get the extra point of rend, and then uh, yeah. That was the event. So, um, came out with one win and two losses, which is, um, I mean, proportionally better than I often do at two day events. <laughs> so, you played yeah. three really good lists as well, like KO mm. Cities and Squigs are all really solid armies. Yeah. Weirdly, for this uh, event being a small 24, like the West Midlands has a crazy Age of Sigmar scene in terms of like quality or like west and east because i guess you start to incorporate nottingham as well in terms of like quality of players um so uh, there were like plenty of names in the top half of this board that i recognized um 
notable ones being like Baz Norman Jr., who I think is one of the like international team players. Um, certainly see his name pop up a lot. Uh, Dan Wright is uh, doesn't I think do like so much nationwide stuff, but is like always at the top of these lists locally. Um, yeah, so lots of lots of names I recognised, and it's weird just having like half of the board be really casual players and then half the board being internationals. Rather than like the maybe more normal spread you have in certain places, so um, yeah, it was a really good um, event, really well run. I don't have any criticisms of the way it was run. Um, I think it's on. Unf- well, I, <laughs> oh, I do I wish. Well, do I? I wish more people would commit to just using best case pairings or. Um, Stats and ladders, especially like stats and ladders for an event this size, I think is just like completely free. Uh, yeah. So these guys were it, doing. They? I think it gets. The, yeah, they're but changing I think the it's... charging scheme soon. I can't remember what the number is now, but they are changing something. Um, and there are bits about them people don't like, but um, submissions for this were just done a on slightly dubious. <laughs> Much so, I like um, spreadsheets. You can use them for this. Yeah, this this was. I don't. I don't think this was a dubious spreadsheet, but this was a classic like spreadsheet that they've probably done for like ten years and used for all their events. Um, and your scoring was you just had your score sheet for the day, which you filled in after each game and gave to them, and then got it back at some point in the next round. And then at the end of the day, you also wrote your like favorite opponent on it and stuff. Um, and this led to. Uh, the awards at the end of the day, them reading out, they were like, we'll start with the wooden spoon. It's Rich Nutter. And I was like, so I went up and like shook his hands and I was like, I just want to check. I did win my last game. (laughs) And he he was like, oh, did you? Uh, So he went, they went and looked at the spreadsheet for like five minutes and came back and were like, "Uh, it was actually your opponent, Nick. Um. So Nick now has a certificate in a frame that says Wooden Spoon Rich Nutter. <laughs> um, <laughs> they did very kindly say, like, he left them his address and they were like, oh, we'll just post you a new one out with your name on it. That's fine. Uh, that's the right energy um, for a spoon. Really, incredible. Really um, it like turns out... I feel like no one actually wants to win the Wooden Spoon. So for the Wooden Spoon, you should get like a really good thing like you should get like if you get store voucher or something great that's i've seen tournaments where the wooden spoon prize is a ticket for next year which i also like that's a cool thing but a certificate or a trophy i just don't want it i don't want to remember i came last i hate that i came last i've already had a bad day and now you've given me a trophy that i don't want that i have to make rich take home and keep forever uh which is what happens in my last wooden spoon trophy yeah. Trophy is still on my shelf. It is, but I don't um, want a certificate. It's just going to make me sad. Anyway, I quite, sorry. I quite like the Chris Tomlin approach, where whoever wins the wooden spoon gets to name next year's wooden spoon award. So, like with mm. the there was the blackout where the guy ended up having to win the Margaret Thatcher award, uh, just to make it even worse. I like that, but I just think you should you shouldn't just get a trophy. I don't want a trophy. I want mm-hmm. a thing no, that is I agree. actually desirable like a in some way. 
the ticket for the next event is classic or um yeah like a, a monetary prize like winning monetary like something tangible uh the friendly local game store near me for pretty much all of their events um they you get a wooden a literal wooden spoon that has had a piece of specific art done on it by a local artist who does um like tops trading cards and stuff that's cool. so they just send her a spoon um so i've got one <laughs> chris rich recruitments how many tournaments has he lost? He so lose I've this got one. this Lord of the Rings one that has uh, Anduril, the Flame of the West, painted very nicely on it. Oh, wait, I would lose so that good. tournament intentionally. I desperately tried to lose 40k Combat Patrol one I went to because I took my Votan and she had drawn a Votan Sagittal basically in my scheme on it. And I, was, I need to win it. And I missed out on it by like two points. Um, not to say I was throwing games. Um, I did want to win spoon. Um, Lose at all costs has gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> did you get people. any other awards at this event? Uh, I was very happy to get the Best Painted Award, which was nice. Um, this wasn't a vote. This Well, it was a vote of the staff at the shop um, because I asked yeah. them at lunchtime. I was like, do we need to set armies up? And he just went, nah. We'll come round and look. Um, <laughs> we don't want it to be a popularity contest, so we just like pick the ones we like and have a chat about it, which I think is a totally cool way of doing it. Um, still, they a, two... still a popularity contest, just with a smaller yeah, group of just people. for the three guys who run the shop. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good enough though. It's not um, transparent about how you're doing it. It's a perfectly yeah good. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, and it also means you don't have to get everyone jostling for like a good position to set their army up in yeah. a shop that is absolutely crammed with tables. So, um, they uh, they had two awards. So they had best painted, which is what I got, which is nice. And uh, they also had like a coolest theme award, which they gave to another Gits player, not the one I played, who had a mostly Spider Fang army. But his spiders, his big spiders were really, really nice. So he'd got one that was like crawling down a big dead tree. It was like, it was quite horrifying, really. Like, uh, very nicely done and really nicely painted as well. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I was happy to come away. Um, I think I basically came away with that and some reflections on how to play Iron Jaws, <laughs> which is nice. Um, I think, yeah, it was good fun. I really, really think, well, maybe this leads into our next thing. We're going to chat. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a very Any quick other segment. tournament questions before we move on or comments? It was fun. I haven't done what well, It was good. Yeah, so it was good. Cool. All right. We're going to do a quick fire section on how are we feeling about brotherhood? So, which do you want to go first? leads on though. Uh I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited, genuinely excited. I can't wait. Um I am having big like I should definitely be playing Big War, not Iron Jaws, like thoughts at the moment. I think I'm gonna resist doing that flip because as much as anything like this is this is such a like lame reason, but 
I don't find Big War like a visually satisfying army because it's like an Iron Jaws army with a big bird and a Wurgo prophet hanging out with <laughs> and I find that a bit weird. Um, like Keith, you said earlier, you're going to paint a load of brutes. Have you thought about pivoting to the choppers? What's the choppers? It's a different subfaction. Oh, um, so it's, it's no, one because that gives you it lets you use violent fury on three units per war chanter if they're brutes. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that no is becoming a yes. <laughs> I, that that is the one I just like not looked at. To be honest, uh, I was looking yeah. at um, some like someone posted like a like a database of winning lists or like placed lists from tournaments for the from the last six months or so. Where I just put in like war clans and seeing what was out there, and like upsettingly, there's only like one Iron Sons army on there, and it's it like it came eighth in a there or something um whereas there are quite a few blood tooths on there which yeah. blood tooths is the class grunters um you get gore grunters as battle line and something else good about them and they do something when they challenge um, i can't remember yeah i've got three more gore grunters so uh, I mean, brutes are still battle line in that as well, so I could feasibly like switch to that and just up the Gorgrunters a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's worth running Bloodtooths unless you're going to run like a minimum of twelve Grunters, which might be pushing. Um, I will look into the choppers. Honestly, I just sort of bypass that one. That sounds good. <laughs> um, I I'm sort of riding on. Just more gaming experience with the, um, like a simpler game plan in a lot of senses is probably worth sticking with. Uh, Big War, I do think is better, but I don't trust myself to play it reliably for five games over two days, uh, without yeah. my head hurting. Because, um, although like when I played Nighthorn, um, the last Brotherhood we did, I had like, um, sort of like four bad games and then like the combination tiredness and stress and like huge volume of pizza or whatever it was we ate that year um like coalesced into a really convincing win on the final day <laughs> i finally understand my army i've come online can we do another five games <laughs> so maybe there's just something in my brain that's broken yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. I think I'm sticking with Iron Jaws. I'm just going to try and like feather my list into something a little bit more effective. I definitely think I need a Wizards. I should absolutely have the uh, Shaman in there just because it unlocks a couple of other options. I think at that point I also make the Shaman my general and take that off of the... Yeah. Um, more crusher and i give the more crusher destroyer just so that if it's going in on turn one it's doing as much damage as possible um because like seven attacks on threes and threes ren two damage uh five, five it's quite pleasing yeah yeah, yeah. 
or six if you also get the Violent Fury on. So, yeah. So I think it, it adds three, right? It doesn't just set two, five. It can't. Yeah, it adds. Yeah, it's a bonus. Yeah. So, it's a little dirty at that point. Yeah. Or big dirty, <laughs> even. Dirty is a little dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's got the Crusher as well, which, with again, with damage boost, its tail attacks can be really good. It's just that it's, it's sometimes, like any big model that you're relying on sometimes, it just has a bad day and does nothing. I think, we are all familiar but, with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My record is rolling, I think, five ones out of the seven attacks, so... <laughs> How about you two? Any any like last minute thoughts on Brotherhood? Um, at the moment, I'm thinking I'll take Gargants just because I feel like one game win out of seven or eight with OBR. Like I'm going to play harder lists of Brotherhood than lists I've played in those practice games, and it's gone so badly. Like I think if I take Gargants, probably still lose quite a lot. But I think I would make closer games. Gargants are reasonably good at scoring high early on um, mm-hmm. and I think I just, I'm just i just more confident I know what I'm doing and if I take OBR I'm worried I'll lose games due to me making really dark mistakes and then I will be sad but I think, I don't know if we're still going to try and get a team call to discuss lists. If we think OBR are a better list for the team and sort of fill a gap we don't otherwise have I don't mind taking yeah, Gargan They're both cool armies Neither of them get think- a painting prize on the table take some I think there's a in a six person team and especially there's like a real value to having a list that you think like probably loses most of the time but it's always going to be close versus something that you might just cock up and have like a 20 point score differential right because if you can drag like eight points into the mix for your team that's still really good amusingly i think that's supposed to be bone reaper's job but yeah yeah it's it's just not working that way for me yeah no that's fair enough if it's not working for you it's not working for you you can theory it out but i've won one in eight games but how close have they all been like not very, for the most part, to be fair. It's right, tricky, okay. because some of the early ones was just me learning a new army and not having a clue what I was doing. But sure, I sure. think I will, you know, ignoring the sort of theoretical potential, I think I will be better with Gargans than I would with VR, given that realistically with Christmas, I'm going to get a massive amount of practice game. I might get three or four, but I'm not going to play ten more games between now and... Sure. So. That's fair. Matthew, have you got any thoughts on so, yeah, probably Skaven now, right? Um, so I've got uh, I've got one Screaming Bell on Sprue, so that's only one more I'd need, and um, it sounds doable. No, I'm vetoing Skaven. You can choose my army, but you're I not taking you Skaven. <laughs> ah. um, I'm not. I'm not going to take Skaven. Um, this is fun. As the this is the thing with Skaven is someone else describes a game they had against Skaven and you just sat there with your little rat brain going, oh, that sounds amazing. I love the song. Yes, yes. Um, the time to have this thought was four months ago. Yeah. But then in the moment you're playing Skaven and you're thinking, oh my God, this is a disaster. I hate this army. So um, <laughs> This fucking sucks. What? Uh, yeah, it like really fucking... is. It is exactly that meme. 
so yeah probably deepkin uh i need to go and have a think about how i score with the army because it's such a an aura army that mm. maybe Cause... i either need to change up the composition or i need to think about if if i get to a point where i Maybe it just doesn't score well enough. Maybe I just suck it up and, and take a different army. I'd like to take Deakin, partly just because they're my nicest army by a very long way. I look at myself in Ath and I'd love to... I haven't played with Belfanos yet. I haven't used him on the table, and I think that would be cool and fun. Um, but Belfanos is exactly 10 points more than the Spirit of Dethu. And my Blackout Sylvanath list is 2,000 points on the nose, and there is no fat to cut. On that, so you yeah. can't. Do it. We might get a battle scroll. Sorry. So this is another thing. If there is a battle scroll before January the first, looking at what is winning at the moment, I can see sharks getting nerfed quite badly. Yeah. Um, because they are doing very it's, well. It's um, good to have backup, I think. And if, if that happens, then I probably don't take that army. Um. And I don't think the rest of Deepkin is remotely good enough. What does it take to nerf them? Like twenty points extra per shark? Oh, that would like... just that would fuck them into the oak, like beyond comparable. Like it's the ocean, you yeah, say. yeah. Back into the fucking well, ocean guess, where they're not coming. By the out time, again. by the time you're listening to this podcast, we probably know whether there's been a battle storm. So you are listening to this in knowledge of what the outcome is and how much <laughs> Matthew is throwing his army into the sea. Yeah, fortunately, I don't live on the coast, so they'll be safe no matter what happens. But I guess that's probably uh, when we get close to January the 1st. I'll see if I've put any paint at all on that shark, and that will probably be the deciding factor. You'll be editing this podcast. You won't be paying a shark. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to do some questions. I think we'll probably do this fairly fire. Uh do have some questions. Be good to get through. Some of them are vaguely Christmas themed questions. But I think yeah, we're gonna s- Yeah, we're gonna start with the non Christmas themed question, which is an excellent question. Firstly because it came from Twitter. Oh, this is a terrible so question. Absolutely encourage people to send us their questions on Twitter. And also because it's about dwarves, so how much better does it get? So this is a question from Daniel who asks, would you like to see more Dradin factions in Age of Sigmar? And if so, what kind? Matthew, you can go first, and then we'll I have think, some more upbeat answers. I think we could do with one fewer. Just if At- we got rid of one, and then Ooh. really get rid of the Cities of Sigmar ones, and then just really focus on the other two. I thought you were about to just dis-KO massively, sort of a better answer than I expected. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, because like, both KO and Fire Slayers are kind of like uh, really extreme outgrowths of things that existed in old fantasy Dwarden. So you had like the Troll Slayers, and that's just become a whole faction, and then you had like the Gyrocopters, and that's become a whole faction. What if Gyrocopters puts a whole faction? Yeah, sure. But that's that's... Actually, quite an interesting way to take Dwarden. I think they've done a really good job with making Dwarden interesting in Age of Sigmar as opposed to um, every other fantasy setting. Um, 
I don't really know the old dwarf armies well enough to know what else is left apart from just loads of little guys. Um, so like an army of miners uh, with an E, not yeah. Wow. I don't really know because I, uh... you don't want is the chaos dwarven artillery army that used to exist because that's stupid. I I feel like that's the the thing we're most likely to get is some revamp of legions of yeah. Asgore, right? Because we've got Hobcrawl's back and there's references to that in their lore. So um I'd be interested to see like what that is in Age of Sigma. I think it could be interesting. I can't really think of a new faction, but I am not a game designer. I'm not really good at like inspired conversions even. So <laughs> I don't know what legions what of do. legions of Asgore had like a demon train that was cool, yeah. Like a demon train, um. So like doing the but that's just forty k demonic cool. engines. Yeah, yeah, the bull centaurs were cool. So it will surprise nobody to know that my answers to should there be more dwarf infections in Age of Sigma is yes. Um, I would really like a chaos dwarf infection. If it want a rehash. Legions of Asgore, what I want is lore terms, is some we kind of oh dear. what I would like in sort of lore terms is some kind of tragic tale of Dwarden that fell to chaos in a sad way, like I maybe think I don't know, when like they I want there to be something like Dwarden who didn't get back into um, Azir when all the people were trying to get back in at the start of the Age of Chaos or whatever and who because they got Ooh. shut out sort of turned against Sigma and bore a grudge against him and so you know like cities of Sigmar Dwarden who have fallen to chaos and sort of developed from there I want something like that where there's a sort of cool story behind it and they have you know completely betrayed their heritage and secretly feel bad about it but are still but feel you know don't have any choice but to stick on that way of going so I, I want chaos Dwarden not legions of the other thing what? I was thinking about my I think might be be sort of playing into the Dwarden reverence for ancestors. So I want some kind of realm of shy Dwarden ancestor death cult type thing. Because I think you could Ooh. do some really cool thing there. Not thought about what this would mean in terms of how they play or that's cool. But I think it Elf trope applied to dwarves. I like it. What kind of uh, culturally insensitive hat There's... a normal helmet. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of guys hanging out in, in the realm of shit. Jesus. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, I really liked in, I think it was Spear of Shadows, uh, at one point they go to like a Fire Slayer Lodge, but it's in like trees yeah. because it's in Gyran, I think. Um, Opposite, like these fire slayers, but it was like really cool to see like a different take vibe. So, tree dwarves. There's my answer. I'm down with any new dwarden, but it's fine. Just new dwarden would be cool. I would actually love to see a whole dwarden faction with the vibe of the dwarf in the Iron Golems Warcry band, just holding up his hammers. <laughs> um, that like is a cool a whole. One. 
Which yeah. of them would be real cool? Uh, wait. Uh-huh. Zach asks, if you had to choose an army to paint in festive colours, which winter holiday would you paint it as, and which army would it be? And you're not allowed silver because that is apparently too easy. It's quite an easy answer, Sylvanath. Um, Kwanzaa Stormcast. Not really. <laughs> I think if you did a project where you green stuffed little Santa hats onto every model in the Skaven army, that would be <laughs> the best thing ever. Oh, that is true. It would be amazing. That would be cool. Because a um, Christmas colour scheme is a really nice colour scheme. The reason people don't use it is that people will look at it and say, oh, that looks Christmassy. But something like a Sigma army or really most armies painted in like Christmassy colours look really nice because, yeah. you know, red, white and gold or red, green and gold is nice. You could uh, green stuff reindeer style antlers onto Beasts of Chaos. I'm just coming up with things you can green stuff onto the heads of models. You could do over Beast Crawl <laughs> Raiders and mount them on like Christmas themed thing. That would work quite well. I'm already in the snow. Yeah. yeah I think of lots of like winter themed things I would do, but if we're going like fest, I mean, it does say festive colours specifically. So, yeah, like red, white, green, gold, basically, like silver. Right. We have several other goblins. <laughs> We have several other Christmas-themed questions, so let's rattle through them. Uh, Squiz asks, Nagash is trying to steal Christmas. If you could pick one character or faction from the Age of Sigmar lore, who would you team up with to get it back? Uh, I'm going to say Gotrek, because... Go yeah, he's I mean, always successful, and also he would he's do handy all the in work. A confrontation, and I could just hang out. So there's a cornucopia of really horny answers you could come up with here, aren't there? Um... <laughs> I feel I now need to clarify that Gotrek is not a horny answer. Manfred von Karstein, it'd just be fun. I think it'd just be fun. I mean, he would definitely be up for teaming up against Nagash. Yeah, we'd so. fucking lose, but uh, you'd go down a legend. Yeah, you would um, ruin Christmas forever because you would fail at the last minute or mess it up. So. Exactly. exactly. But what a time you'd have. And then I'd have an excuse to paint a green Manfred von Karstein. <laughs> uh, Usharan, because similarly, sure he'd love to get one over on the gash and he would do it by sharing his delusional treats in the form of Christmas hampers. That he sent to everyone. That's, oh, yeah, oh. that's disgusting. Yeah, oh, I... but you don't know. Well, we literally had this conversation today. I would simply not be affected by the solutions. <laughs> We're moving on before you ruin Christmas for me. Skill uh, issue. Uh, John asks, what battle plan can you give a Christmas theme most easily to for festive fun times? I've I've thought about this one. And I, I think you have as well, Laura. So, but I'm going to say it's relocation or... That's going to be my answer. Oh, Damn it. Yeah. Yes. 
what is your theme for this? What's the relocation? Well, I mean, obviously, the orb makes think of a bauble, but it's a Santa's sleigh fucking around yeah. over the battlefield. That was my thought. So you're trying to get presents for it by yeah. pinning it down and grabbing the <laughs> set. I like it. There you go. Uh, knife to the heart, but it's North Pole and South Pole instead of <laughs> two objectives. I don't know. Geomantic pulse, because wherever's active is like, that's the chimney, Santa's down. And then the rippling shockwave of festivity is travelling across the map. I don't know. All right. Uh, final Christmas-themed Age of Sigmar question. Who is the best or worst Age of Sigmar-named character to pull your name in a secret Santa? Best is Grungly. You'd get a cool thing. That one. Oh, yeah, Grungly would make you something cool. The worst might be Usher and Filth. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots as of answers John for worst. Sorry. Yeah, as John mentioned in the extra text from his question, um, Nurgle is a bad person to receive a gift from. Followers uh, of Nurgle like Nurgle's gifts, so though. Might, might just get to be a happy Nurgle cult. Having a great time. Yeah. Ask Aeon because he would like open a piece of paper, look at it, like snort with derision and just throw it over his shoulder and then re gift you something from last year. Uh, you know, short term, a, a gift from Celestia is probably quite nice. <laughs> Doing what under the mistletoe? <laughs> oh. Blue sauce should make not... you a nice Christmas gift. Yeah. Hand, hand on a plate. Oh, secretly one of the grossest models in the entire AOS range. Not even secretly. Well, I don't think people think of him. They think of like the grey unclean one. Okay. And that's about it. Other Nurgle things. But, you know. The snail just one eating for me. The whole hand. Uh, that question was from Jamie. Sorry. Oh, Thanks, sorry. Jamie. That's okay. Uh, I think. Just got to credit people for the free yeah. content we're. I think that is all we have. Unless everyone has asked a question while we've been recording. So I, have... I have two Christmas questions for you. All right. They're not Christmas themed, they're end of year themed. Uh, maybe this takes the wind out of the sails of any like end of year wrap ups anyone was planning on writing but what is your like hobby or gaming uh, success or favourite thing from this year and what is your what are you looking forward to next year what are your plans for next year Matthew hello um, so looking forward spot. to looking forward to next year um what I do will possibly depend on what's in the AOS 4th edition box set. I think most people are expecting here to be rats. Um, and then... Seems seems like it. People seem to be saying Cities of Sigma is a good guy faction. I think that's Cope. Um, it's not. It's going to be Stormcast. Stormcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's so... going to be Liberators. We know there are new Liberators coming. So... Um, so... If it's that, I kind of have like a 
been collecting up a little Stormcast army, so I'd be interested in what that army ends up looking like because I think there's scope for quite a lot of change there. So, um, so I think I'm going to suck it and see really as far as what next year looks like. I'll probably start by painting a load of historicals just to tide me over. I sort of my plan. Um, but uh, what I'm proud of this year, I think just like learning the Sylvaneth, because starting from such a, a, a truly a dog shit uh, starting point of I just lost every game in the worst ways. Not even close games like you have, you've been having with OBR, just like getting absolutely ruined um, non-stop to um, pulling out the the podcast title uh, Blackout, that was that was good. Nice. Nice. Um, I um. You go. No, I. I don't know what I was doing there. That's just I, the male urge to fill yeah. base. Um, I am Laura. definitely going to do an end of year recap blog, uh, but I will just might be out by the time this podcast comes out, so you might already notice. <laughs> um, I think the thing I am happiest about this year. This is not a good thing to say on a match play Age of Sigma podcast, but it's actually been the narrative events I've been to. I've been to like three really full on Age of Sigma or Age of Sigma adjacent narrative events this year and they've all been amazing. Um so I would like to do more of that next year. Um yes. other stuff for next year, I'm gonna optimistically say I'm looking forward to the Fire Slayer range refresh that I have no idea if it's coming, but uh, maybe looks they can't it's afford to refresh refreshes. it. They just have need to update it. think that it might be coming at some point now. Maybe there will be some new fast layers. And if that happens, it will make my day and I will absolutely just paint a new fast layer. So please, Games Workshop, I'm sure you listen to this podcast. That'd be great. All of Games Workshop, mandatory listening absolutely. every Friday. What about you, Rick? Um, I have a good canned answer this year because I got golden demon pin um but actually like i think one of the funnest gaming things i've had was the game we played at blackout matthew that was just like peak aos um very fun i still think of it fondly so there but for not rolling a one yeah. on a run roll you know not not even that. Not rolling a one or just like one of three run rolls or whatever it ended up being. But you gotta love it. It's fine. That so that was amazing. Getting golden Doom pin has been like a big hobby goal for many years. So that was really nice to achieve as well. Uh, and sort of links into my um, next year, which is I am gonna. Finish my goddamn silver, uh, silverness, Jesus, uh, soul blight. Um, yeah, um, he... uh, I'm quite excited to paint some more of those at the moment. Um, I have been thinking about it more generally, and I've just decided I'm like, you know, everyone's secretly got like one grand alliance that they're really into, and mine is definitely death. That is the one that like occupies my brain the most, even if it's not what I'm always focused on. So. I'm going to finish my Soul Blight. There are a couple of things I want to add to my Nighthorn, and I think I might also, next year, might be the year that they get, like, an attention pass of, like, some edge highlights and stuff. Um, Having just filled an entire shelf with them, I don't really fancy that. 
and um, yeah maybe like it looks like i'll probably end up doing some fleshy courts uh, and at that point you basically just gotta do some bone reapers to round it out so yeah get all the more sucks all yeah. the um that that might be like a, a surreptitious project for next year it might be just to paint or like finish the collection of all the Mortarks. That would be cool. I think. Um which is like fine when you're looking at a Linda who you can buy for eight pounds. I already own a Linda. Uh, and and then you, it's like You gotta do Daddy as well. Yeah. Then it's like, well, okay, now I have to spend hundred pounds on the gash and fifty pounds three times for the three original Mortarks. Yeah. Another eighty quid on Catacrafts. <laughs> uh but I think um sounds fun to me um i like rebased all of my not rebased i based the fleshy accords guy i've done the same as my soul blight but just with like the addition of some snow mm. as though it's sort of like a different area or a different time so could be like a fun way of tying things together there so yeah death obsession that's what 2424 brings for us uh, cool. I think that's it. All right. Um, this is where we discover that I know nothing about the behind the scenes of this podcast when I attempt uh, the uh, outro. Um, what do we say? We don't need to say thanks to, to the tiny plastic people for hosting us anymore because they don't host no, us anymore. But them. you should still go and listen to the tiny no, they plastic can go people podcast because it's very good. Um. You can find us on social media. We are on Twitter at 32AOS, all in letters. Uh, yeah. We are possibly on Blue Sky, but I don't know where. But... Same. Okay. Same. Uh, can you email us? Is that still a thing? 32podcast at gmail.com. Has anyone ever emailed us? Yeah, Acast all the time about all the features I right. don't use. <laughs> You can uh, be the first listener to email us, and it'll be great. Yeah, we'll read us, out your question. Email us, you bastards. You can uh-huh. find us individually on social media, possibly. Uh, I am at scops947 on theoretically Twitter, though I hardly ever tweet anything, but Instagram, though I do actually post pictures of my models. Uh, Rick, are you on social media? I, I am at richnutter. On Twitter, I am at Rich N on Blue Sky, or I am at RJ Nutter on Instagram. But on Instagram, I basically just post uh, like pictures of my cat and low quality thirst traps. So, when do I don't go there for miniatures content. Oh, damn, I have not opened Instagram in a long ass time. If that's what you're doing. <laughs> I've learned about the stories feature, and it's a good confidence boost to know that things will just go away quite quickly. <laughs> so. Um, Rich, it sounds like you yes. need Snapchat. <laughs> no, not young enough. Stop derailing this outro. We're going to get through this. Matthew, okay. are you on social media? You can find me on TikTok. Uh, no. <laughs> we should start TikTok again. We should. It would be the most cringe that a human is possible of generating. Um, uh, I don't really. Thirty-seven visible skulls, or one word on on Instagram, is probably where if I post anything, Warhammer, it will be there. All right, nice. awesome. Is there anything else we need to say that we haven't said? 
I don't think uh, so. I will say if you like the podcast, or even if you don't, I guess, please, please consider us a review on your preferred platform because, uh, as some of you no doubt have noticed at the moment, we're quite far down the listings and it's quite hard to find us. <laughs> Um, if you do like the pod, review genuinely helps. You don't type anything particularly insightful. No one actually expects value from podcast reviews. Do it, please. Christmas present for us from you. Nice little pod review. How about that? That would be nice. Awesome. All right. We will leave that there then. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Christmas. That's nice. Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs>